Welcome to Classroom Success 101 Podcast Show. I'm your host, Josh Roos, the Hardcore Behaviorist, and I'm here to help you overcome those problems you're experiencing every day. You're listening to a master audio class, so put your positive thinking caps on and get ready for another lesson on how to achieve greatness within your classroom. For show notes, make sure you check out our website at hardcorebehaviors.com forward slash podcast. You can also follow us on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, TikTok, Twitter, and YouTube at Hardcore Behaviors. Also, make sure you check out our Hardcore Behaviors Teacher Pay Teacher Store for our helpful digital downloads. And join our Facebook group, Educators United, to help education continue to thrive during these tough times we are facing when schools are closed throughout the country due to the coronavirus. By joining Educators United, we encourage you to upload free online educational resources to help educate our students from a distance. Okay, welcome back to another episode of Classroom Success 101. Today we have a very special guest, um, Dan Modest who is a author of the book, uh, The Expectations Behavior Management System. He is a consultant who is implementing uh, systems in charter schools in Minnesota. So, Dan, uh, talk to us about um, what, what, you are, what you're currently doing for Minnesota schools. <laughs> uh, well, thanks, Josh, for having me on. I really appreciate it. Um, I think really what, what I'm doing right now is, uh, is I'm, I'm implementing my book, The Expectations Behavior Management System, um, within different schools within the state of Minnesota, mostly with charter schools to begin with. Uh, the purpose of it is to basically redefine how special education teams work. Um, it goes from everything from how you communicate with one another um, to the types of professional development you're getting. And then when we're actually working with kids, how, how we can help our, our kids who struggle with behaviors most, most to grow and, and, and reach things that they didn't think were possible. Uh, so that's, that's a lot about what, uh, my, what I've been doing here. Um, I work for a, a company called Twin Cities Education Consultants. Uh, they're, okay. the, they're the bigger firm that I work for. So they're at tceducationconsultants.com. So if you're looking for, we do, we do a variety of consulting in regards to special education testing and evaluations. Um, but then we also offer my, my services um, in regards to helping schools um, just better run their behavior management systems, specifically dealing um, with special education students. Because as the, I mean, Josh, you know, you're in the classroom as this, as this, as as, as time goes on here, our kids are just exhibiting more and more just of those tough behaviors, just um, just coming into classrooms and, and not knowing how to how to deal with that, with that emotion they're feeling and then reacting however they can to react. To, you know, and that 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 goes everything from flipping chairs to just crawling under a desk and sitting there for an hour. So those those are the types of, of situations that um that I come in and try to help schools with. That that that's awesome. Uh, that's kind of a lot of what I've experienced, and you know, with me, I've I've helped. I, I don't get to help a lot of schools out. I've I've been involved with helping multiple school districts out, but uh, it sounds uh, very familiar with what you're doing. Um, one of the things that you just mentioned that uh, I know is a big time struggle, and I still see this as a big time struggle, is um, defining the special education programs. And, you know, do you see there's where there's issues of not a lot of collaborating going on with um, special education teachers, with gen ed teachers? Oh my gosh, absolutely. So that's honestly, Josh, that's what the book is. That's what the book is about. It's about it's about creating a better system for you as a staff to use and communicate with each other, but then it guides you through the process. So this is like you, Josh, you said that, um, you know, you can, you can literally, I could go into any elementary school right now, any elementary school right now, I can walk into a third grade classroom and I can say, okay, who's on a behavior system? And there'll be like four or five different kids on a behavior system. And you'll go, okay, how does this one work? Well, this one uses stickers. Oh, this one uses check marks. Uh, this one we just do on a Google sheet. Uh, this one we give thumbs up or thumbs down. This one we give green circles or red X's. And yeah. I was just, I was just getting, I was getting tired of that. Cause just as adults, 
like if you have paraprofessionals or, or aides, teacher aides, uh, they're different. They're called different things in, in different, in different cities, different, different counties. Um, but we call them paraprofessionals here. And those are, those are the, the, the staff who work basically one-on-one or in small groups with those, with those special education students. And like, you can go into any one of these classrooms and, and they could be on a, a variety of different things. And they're, what they're taught is total, can be totally different too, depending if they're working with the school counselor or if they're working with um, like, let's say a private contractor somehow has a way to, uh, a counselor has a way to work within your school and they're working on something. You got the special education teacher or the assistant principal, they could all be on different things. So what expectation does is it says, okay, Okay, we recognize that there are that there are, that there are a lot of issues out there, and, and people have a, a lot good ways to approach it. But having so many, just it's too many cooks in the kitchen. So what expectations does is it it says, all right, let's use one common language. Let's put kids through let's put, let's put kids through a very similar um, beginning process so that we can use the same type of language with with all of these students so that they can get consistency across the board. So what happens with my system? Is that all right if I just talk about my system, Josh? Go, go ahead. I'm, I'm loving okay. what you're saying because okay. uh, I, I feel like the, one of the biggest struggles, and I, I know one of the biggest struggles that I've, I've seen over the years, um, you know, trying to implement behavior programs within schools is, is the collaboration piece. I mean, mm-hmm. you, when you, I mean you, hit the, uh, you hit it right on the nose with uh, all these different plans. I mean, this, this kid has this, this kid has that. And I think um, where the frustration lies big time is where teachers just get frustrated because everything's so different and it's like something new that they got to do um, almost every year. It's, it's, it's so um, I can see where the, your book and, and what you're, you're talking about is very needed within a school system because it, it is it is one of the biggest pieces with teachers that um, they struggle with. And I can see where that becomes a big frustration area, um, especially walking into schools. And uh, I've always asked teachers, well, how often do you talk to, you know, your, your special education teachers? Do y'all, are y'all collaborating? Um, and it's always a no. So, um, <laughs> you know, I, I would love to really touch base on, on, your knowledge and your expertise on, on this area. So go ahead and explain. (laughs) So, so here's, so the beginning of the program is all about prevention first, right? Because that's the other Mm -hmm. thing too, is all these systems, they're just reacting. It's react, 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 react. There's nothing ever saying, Hey, we're doing this first with the kid. And even though we were doing this, then a behavior happened, but you know what? We were trying this plan. We were trying to do what we thought was best for the kids. So the big thing is that I teach, uh, I, I teach a thing called the intervention toolbox. Um, and so what that is, is basically Josh, I take from everybody, like you and I have probably been through like hundreds of hours of professional development. And usually mm-hmm. there's two or three nuggets during that time where it's like, well, I haven't tried that one. I'm going to, from this, from this four hours that the district had me here, I'll at least take these two things. So what I've done is, is I've taken, I've taken just these nuggets from just different professional development, different just behavior management issue, things that are out there, whether it was restitution or control theory. And, and I, I took everything that I know works with kids that I actually, that's not like some puffy, fluffy, you know, any, any of that stuff. So we start with just teaching, basically teaching the staff some verbal Kung Fu, right? <laughs> when, mm-hmm. when, when, when situations happen, when situations happen, these are the thing, these are, these are some ways that you can approach it. Cause sometimes adults just get stuck in the way that they do things, right? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a, I'm, the way that I approach kids is I'm a buddy or the way that I approach kids is a disciplinarian. And if my style doesn't work with a kid, well, then, all right, I tried. Well, no, you really didn't try. You tried your way and it didn't work with a kid. So let's try something different. Um, so that's what, so I start with that. And then we do, uh, we do two different preventative assessments with the kids. Uh, we do a needs inventory where we figure out what the what the need is, because that's uh, like that's that's the big thing going on, on Instagram and everything. Every, every behavior is trying to meet a need. And it's true. Mm-hmm. You know, a kid, a kid like so let's say Johnny, Johnny trips stew as he's walking down the aisle. Well, why did you why you trip stew? Well, I didn't want to start a fight with him, but I thought it was funny. I thought he could be my friend. 
Well, mm-hmm. <laughs> let let's teach let's teach Johnny how he can be a friend, right? So we exactly. so we set up and we start meeting these. We start understanding the kids' need. So um, I have assessment. So in my book, um, I've got two assessments that we go with: the needs assessment first, which determines whether a kid's need is fun, being in charge, um, relationships. The other one, to the, the next one too, is um, oh, or independence. Whoops, forgot that one. And then the the next the next um, assessment I give them is just basically a forced choice reinforcer. Basically, does the kid want adult approval? Does the kid want peer approval? Do they want consumables? Do they want independent time? A, a variety of six different things that that the kid could want. So we start out by looking at the kid and saying, okay, what are your needs, and how can we reward you? So once we figure that out, man, that's that's a whole that's a way to start with a kid, because if you can understand what the kid needs and then how to reward them, then you can start saying, okay, now let's start making a plan. Let's start let's start looking at where this kid is struggling. So then the book takes you through eight lessons. So once once the teacher implements these eight lessons with their small groups or individually with the kid, the system can start. So you're talking about. Uh, a, a, a whole school wide behavior system that if you get your if you get your teachers working in their social skills times with it, um, that boom, you, you can have it going up, up and running in, in a matter of two to three weeks, depending upon how fast your, your school wants to go with it. So what we do then is within the first lesson that we give them, the kid, our, our first thing is, do you know what a goal is? You have an IEP. By the way, did you know you have an IEP? And here's the goal that's in your IEP related to your behavior. Yeah. Uh, so then, so then, what we do is sometimes, so like, we'll we'll even look at these. You've probably seen some doozies in your time about just how 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 academic we make these goals, and we're yeah. like expecting the kid to understand these eight syllable words and mm-hmm. <laughs> trying to make us sound smart about what's going on. But if the kid doesn't understand his goal, why have it? So we uh, so we basically so through the first two three lessons, then we say, okay, what's a, what is a goal? You do have a goal. Do you understand what it is? And then yeah. once they understand what their goal is, we say, okay, let's put it into your words. So like for our simple for kindergartners, first graders, even our second graders, Josh, we got to put it into like simplest terms. Like I'm gonna be the best student I can be in class. That's gonna mm-hmm. be my goal. And hey, we I, say, great. <laughs> I, I, I actually love that. Um, I mean, I, th- to to be honest with you, man, that that's that's gold for me right now. Yeah. Um, because I, I always look at goals, and and one of the biggest frustrations on my side, and I, I can definitely see people out there with the frustration is, okay, I'm writing these goals, but the kid's not involved. Like, so you know, when when we sit down and write goals for ourselves, are we meeting those goals? We got to be on board with those goals, and I, I definitely think right there what you said with uh teaching the kid about the goal and uh you know writing it in their their terminology um is definitely key for any kid to successfully complete that goal um i think as adults we tend to like like you said write these goals with these big beautiful words to make us look like we're smarter than uh the average person in a meeting and it it, i i feel like that's where we go wrong. And it's like, you know, we have these goals, but a kid's not even uh, involved in on those goals. You know, the one thing that um, working in the elementary area so much is a piece that kids don't always go to their, their um, annual art meetings or their mm-hmm. art meetings. You know, kids don't start going to their art meetings until I know at least here at my school, they don't start going until they're like eighth grade. I'm like, man, it's like so crucial. It's like we're we're designing a plan for the kid, like mm-hmm. you know. So uh, I actually that that is awesome information right there that you just got done saying. So love it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so so then what we but then I take it even a step further, Josh. Is so this is where the quote this is where the the title of the book comes in. So if we're gonna make your simple goal that you want to be a better kid in class, we actually look back at the goal and we can say okay. What three areas are you struggling with? Is it that you're not staying in your seat? Is it that you're blurting out? Is it that you're not completing your task? Is it that you're not you know, keeping your hands to yourself? And we say, okay. So we talk, we actually invite now the regular ed teacher into the conversation. And we say, hey, these are the three things that we think Johnny struggles with. Is that right? And the regular ed teacher can go, no. And they can have that conversation right there with the regular ed teacher about, no, not like 
I get I like the first two things that you said, but the third thing doesn't that's not even an issue right now. These are the top three things that are getting in Johnny's way of of being able to be successful in my classroom. So then we put them into I will statements. So I will I will raise my hand instead of blurt out. I will I will keep my hands to myself. I will complete the task that my teacher gives me. And we, we break it into those three things and we say, OK, then I create a visual. So I just go on PowerPoint. And I, I take Superman, Spider-Man, I take ponies, I take dancers. We, 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 you can do so many fun things on PowerPoint. And we make a small little visual card that's about the size of from like, so from the palm of your hand to the tip of your, to the tip of your fingers, it's about that size, maybe even a little bit smaller. And it just has those three things written on it. So that way, like our kindergartners or first graders, we can tape it to their desk. For our third or fourth graders, we kind of have it just like hanging up on the whiteboard just not facing anybody, you know, the, the white side facing everybody out, but the color side facing the, the board. And if there's an issue, we can, with the, the paraprofessional or teacher can kind of come over with that card, put on the kid's desk and say, hey, let's do number two, or hey, let's do number three. Hey, are you following your expectations? Show me that you can do it, right? And walk, step, go, walk away from them, right? And then what we do then is for our, our younger kids, we start to quantify this. So they, the, we use Class Dojo and we break their we break their day up into 10, 10 periods of time, right? So let's say you got morning meeting, and then you go straight to you go straight to reading direct instruction. So let's just take those two things. So if in morning meeting you follow these three things, guess what? You earned your point. You earned it. Way to go. Let's go on the next point in in large group reading or large group instruction. And so then throughout the whole day, they're either earning or they're not earning points, right? So it's it's a modified token economy. It's not it's not a true token economy because I don't like true token economies. I don't like starting with 12 or starting with 10. You earn your way through the day. Just like you are if you're a waiter or waitress, if you're working if you're working a tip job that sort of a thing, you're going to have to work to get your tips. So like let's say you got four tables. You do great with the three tables in the front, but you forget the table in the back by the bar. Well, you're going to get three great tips and you're going to get one crappy tip because you didn't pay attention to the back group. But the manager isn't going to come up to you and say, uh, you did a bad job on that one. Give me all your tips for all four tables. And I just, it yeah. life doesn't work that way. So once they earn a point, they keep that point then. So then Class Dojo, I don't know if you've ever used it, but it's got a very intuitive, intuitive design to it. Like once you get that point, it quantifies it. And then you can do all sorts of things with their circle graphs. So then these kids, then we start showing them that we start showing these behavior kids, look at your day so far. Look at the five greens mm -hmm. you've earned today already. Look how great you're doing because you're making the choice to do well. You're following your expectations, you know, and when their days where it's rough and it's tough, man, I'm sorry, you're not earning it. What can I do to help you earn it right now? Like, so yeah. then we, so then we, uh, so then we do some week of the that so all that's within within the lesson plans. Um, the next the, we kind of finish the lesson plans out with helping them create short term goals and then ultimately um, having a weekly review. So they have a they have a, a my week in review sheet is one of the biggest tools that we use with our kids because on every Friday then we have the we have all our kids in our social skills meet group and we say okay let's look at let's look at your donut on class dojo how'd you do. And so then they can start saying, you know what, I did, I did really well on my, my first expectation. I did a great job, Mr. Moss, this week. I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't blurt it at any time. And you're like, yes, you did. But did you complete all your assignments? Uh, I could have done better. You know what, that's right. I think you could do better. What's our plan for next week? So then that way, these kids are con they're, they're starting to see how, how it works. Now, the points, like you're saying, okay, well, you said points, Dan, but what does that get kids? So at the end of every day, we do have a, we do a point store. And so we're heavy at the beginning. All, all of my schools who implement it, we're kind of heavy in the beginning about, like, you know, the little treats, a little bit of that extrinsic motivation, which, which honestly, our kindergartners, our first graders, our second graders, they need that extrinsic motivation sometimes. Mm -hmm. So what, mm -hmm. we, but what we start doing is we start tricking them. We start, we start putting things in, 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 um, into their schedule or into their reward map that, hey, 15 minutes with Mr. Brent at the end of the day. I say Mr. Brent because Mr. Brent was, my, was my, is one, one of my good friends from the school I used to work at. He, uh, he's a six-foot-three, 250-pound man mountain. And these, oh, wow. these boys will do anything 
to play in the gym with him for 15 yeah. minutes. You know, you all, you, every, every school has that kid. Every school has that staff member. I don't care who you are. Mm-hmm. Every, every school has that staff member that those boys would do anything for 15 minutes of, of, of basically small group individual playing basketball in, 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 in the gym. And you're going to tell me that you're going to come up to the regular ed teacher and say, you know what? I can change this kid's behavior. And all you're going to have to give up is your last 15 minutes of the end of the day. What, what regular ed teacher is going to tell you? No, you know, exactly. So, so, I mean, so that's, that's in a nutshell, how the system works for our kids. Now you said earlier back, you wanted to talk to, you want me to talk about how, how it changes for our, um, for our staffing. So one of the things that the, the expectations behavior management system does is it has you, um, it has you meet once a week in either in the morning or the afternoon with your entire sped staff. So from the paraprofessionals to the speech clinician to um, just the regular case managers to the OT, if you can get them there and you get them in one room and you get them in the whiteboard. And this, if, if anybody's going to steal anything from me, this is what I want you to steal. Go to that whiteboard and mark it into three, put three lines or two lines, put into three categories on the first, the first category, you're going to put celebrations up. And you are going to share, share everything that you can celebrate about the kids. Anything. Okay. It can literally be anything. Johnny finally made it through recess without hitting anybody. That might only happen yeah. one time this week, but that's something we got to celebrate. You know, mm-hmm. we finally got so-and-so onto the bus without him cussing the bus para out. Yes, that's a win. Let's talk about that. So we start with the little wins, right? And so we start with the meeting at being at positive. And then the second, the second section, so you got, you got celebration in the first section. In the second section, you have what's not working. What's not working? And everybody, this is the time for you to tell me everything that you think is wrong. <laughs> and with that, there's, there is no judgment. There is no passing of anything on anybody. It's just not mm-hmm. working. That's, that, this is what's happening. Johnny is still struggling with, with you know, individual reading time. I want him to finish his so-and-so, and it's just not happening. So we put it up there and we let everybody just complain because you know what? I would rather have every special ed staff member complain to me in a meeting where it's just us. You know, we're the special forces of a building, man. We're the Marines. I want, I want, I want us to have our conversation between all of us. So we all know what's good that we all know the problems. Now that we know the problems, the third column says, how are we going to fix it? And, 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 and sometimes the, the coolest thing, Josh, what sometimes I do is I just, I'll look at the problem and I'll go, even if I think I've got an answer for it, because let's, let's be honest, uh, us type A personalities, we just want to go with whatever's in our head. But, but yeah. there's sometimes where it's just like, I have to be quiet because I need to build the team dynamic. And I'll look at, I'll look at everybody and I'll say, I don't know. What do you guys think? And then my, then, you know, the veteran paras, they start talking. Well, I had so-and-so last year. Have you tried this? That worked for me with so-and-so. So then you start looking at the problems and you start looking at how you're going to fix it. And then I say, okay, everybody, take your cell phone out. Take a picture of the board. Because when we come back next week, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to check up with it, how are we going to fix it. Did we fix it? Mm-hmm. Did we try to fix it? Because in this way, Josh, nothing gets spilled into the nothing gets spilled into that vile, toxic teacher lounge that can that oh, can happen. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So what what's cool then is 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 then I have the dynamic changes within that room, the dynamic changes within that lunchroom because the teachers want to pile on and the pairs then can start piling on and there's no special ed teacher in the room because we're all teaching we're we're all scrambling the right IEPs due process we don't have time to eat lunch. So we, Mm -hmm. you know, there's all these times, but then what I started noticing is my parents started coming and just saying, Hey, you know what? So-and-so started talking about that at lunch. And I told them what we were going to do. Like I told them we had an answer for that problem Mm. or what, or what they took from that is, wait a minute, special ed's talking about problems. Have you talked about this yet in that group? Well, no, we haven't. Do you want to come to the meeting next week? So then we start bringing regular ed teachers into the meeting and saying, okay, we're going to be as transparent as possible. We've got, you know, anywhere from six to 18 adults in this room. And you're telling me all of us here can't solve our problems. 
and and, exactly. and what happens, Josh, is the dynamic of schools get to change. Those that buy into it, the the people who go all out and they start to see how this slowly, Im- not slowly, at first it's a major impact on on school wide behavior, and it's huge. Um, some of the charter schools I'm working with right now, within uh, our first, so they went from the first three weeks of school not implementing it to finally getting all the lessons implemented and the program started. The first three weeks of school, I mean, we're talking close to eight suspensions just within the first three weeks of school. And the in the first four weeks of the program, you want to know how many special ed kids we had suspended, Josh? Zero. How many? Zero. Oh wow, wow. And it's 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 it, what's what's cool, Josh is. When you give the kids strategies, when you say, this is what you're going to do, this is how I'm going to help you get there. Our EBD kids, they're not, they aren't intellectually stupid. They are, they, they, most of the kids, if you think about it, they only need to be in the classroom to, to hear probably that math direct instruction. They probably need to hear it four times, practice it four times, and they got it. You know, mm-hmm. but if they're not there those four times, they're never going to learn it. And then our, whatever state testing or district testing using it doesn't show up on it because they weren't there for the learning but if our kids are just simply in the classroom even if they're not necessarily doing it but they're hearing and they're listening the the academic repercussions of that are so great on a building you know we've got we've got kids uh, i mean i i have all sorts of data compiled from when i when i created the program with the original school to uh to where we are right now and those 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 jumps are huge and then that's when you can start getting administrators and 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 even district people to go well wait what happened with the ebd kids over over at that elementary school how'd that happen yeah yeah. and then and then and then people can people can start either saying okay we believe this or we don't believe this exactly no i i I love the fact that um I, i think a big key piece to that is uh, the weekly meetings. I mean, getting everybody on the same page. And, and um, also, you know, I, I like how you, you basically kind of stated that you weren't, you, 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 you said, I don't know, you know, to allow them to come up with a plan. So it gives them a more of a buy-in on them themselves, you know, instead, because I, I feel like, you know, over the years that I've, I've been doing this, I feel like it's easy to kind of give them a strategy. And then all it is, is, oh, well, this is just another, another strategy. You know, they're, they're not even in the classroom and it's something in the end. It's like, if you can get the, that teacher or that parent professional to actually come up with a plan on themselves on, by themselves, that's more buy-in. And that's that when you get that buy-in, that's when that plan's going to actually happen. So um, definitely like that. Um, I think, I think where most schools struggle is the fact that we don't meet once a week, you know? Um, and, and I think that's crucial, especially when you're, uh, working with some of these tough kids within the classroom. Um, you, you, you know, your teacher has to be, or has to feel like they're being supported. And, you know, after a few weeks and nothing's, you know, there's no meetings or nothing like that. I think the teacher just kind of gets to the point where they they start feeling lost and and there's no hope. So um, that is some awesome strategies there um, that for whoever is listening out there, uh, definitely um, I, I I think one huge golden nugget there is having those those weekly staff meetings. Yeah. And I mean, the biggest thing, too, is how you structure them, too, because everybody's got everybody has that that quote-unquote one person on their on their on their staff who all they want to do is come in and stick their finger in the pie right or whatever you know just exactly all all they want to do is stir the pot and i think by Mm -hmm. by separating the boards and board into three areas like that it doesn't give them the opportunity to do it yeah stick your finger in the pot right here right in the middle go for it let's talk about what's not working and let's hear all the stuff you have to hear about it and let's get let's get to it the other part too is like there are sometimes like when the, we have those meetings we've got shy we've got shy staff members we got shy paraprofessionals who don't really want to you know I am struggling with this kid but I don't want to bring him up bring him up in a big setting so another part of the program is doing a, a biweekly meeting with all these paraprofessionals is just quick taking ten minutes and I've got a whole sheet that I take them through it's basically just 
you know, take that because every kid who's in the system, we create a binder. So with those eight lessons, everything is in everything is in that binder. And I'll, I'll come up to the, the, the paraprofessional and say, OK, go grab your toughest kids binder and bring it out here right now. And then we go through, you know, it's a simple question. What's the biggest behavior he's he's exhibiting or she's exhibiting right now? What is it? And is it one of the expectations? Is it not? If it's not one of the mm-hmm. expectations or if it's not part of the goal, guess what, special ed teachers? We've got some significant changes to make to the IEPs <laughs> because, exactly. because what's going on right now isn't the reality of what's showing up on this IEP. Um, mm-hmm. So then, so basically what the system allows you to do, Josh, is it puts everything into a structure. It puts everything into, we're doing this, we're doing this, we're doing this. Um, we even have, a, I even have a chapter in the book near the end when you start looking at, okay, we've implemented this system, we've made a couple tweaks, we're, we're trying some different things with our kids, and it's still not working. Well, let's look at the behavior intervention plan. And I know some amazing special education teachers who can create 10-page, wonderfully written behavior intervention plans. But what regular ed yep. teacher has time to read 10 pages of, exactly. of eloquently written <laughs> exactly. response to behavior? It's just, it's, and, and it frustrates them so oh. much because it's like, <laughs> man, I just wrote 40 pages of their FIE and nobody reads yep. it. It's like, yep. I mean, so, you know. so what we'll do, Josh, is I, because honestly, what's, what paraprofessionals and, and regular ed teachers want, all they want is, how do I respond when this happens? So mm-hmm. when this when this refusal behavior happens, what are the things I want to do? So we we make what we call behavior protocol. So we take we take the we take the behavior intervention plan or whatever it is that everybody calls it in your district, and we say, okay, these are the four steps you're going to take. First, we're going to use our preventative piece. We're going to use a 30 second strategy. We're going to use something in the intervention toolbox. We're going to try some verbal kung fu with the kid. We're going to see if that works first. If it works, great, boom, he moves, he or she moves on. If that doesn't work, okay, let's say it's a refusal of doing a math sheet. Okay, Johnny, come in the back here. Let's do the math sheet with me in the back. Let's go. And sometimes that works. Yep, sometimes just a little bit of an individual one-on-one time. Johnny's, Johnny's on case. We're ready to go. But sometimes Johnny's like, no, I don't want to go in the back with you. All right, well, then let's go on a walk. So then the, the third step there is we say, okay, Johnny, let's go on a walk. Let's go outside. And as soon as they get outside that door, the first thing every paraprofessional that I work with, the first thing you ask is, what did you eat last night for supper? What did you eat for breakfast this morning? Because if there's nothing for last night and there's nothing for this morning, there's your problem. (laughs) You you need to get that child some food because if you're hangry Mm -hmm. on a normal day, imagine what their hangry is like. So exactly. So meeting those first part needs. And sometimes it's um, OK, this kid's going to come out of the classroom and we're going to walk around the building. And that pair usually has created that relationship with that kid to be like, hey, come on, it's just you and me now. What is going on? What's what's what what happened in there? You know, getting to that need. I hate math. Why do you hate math? Well, having more conversations because I is it because you don't understand it because it's too long because it's too boring. And then we can talk about that because then what I can do then is you and me can create a plan. We can walk right back in this room and we can get it done. So if they can get that plan during that time done, boom, we go back in the room. Kid does it. Well, let's say that kid doesn't do it. Well, here's where here's here's where the buck stops. Here's the hill where we die on. We're going to say, okay, if we've tried to meet your need, we've given you these opportunities to do it. And now we're to the point where. You're going to have to finish this somewhere else because we know you can complete this. So mm-hmm. it's going to be like, and that's one of the things that, that I do say is it does need to be something they need to be able to complete. So then usually what mm-hmm. happens is that kid comes to me and we say, okay. So then I sit that kid down and I say, all right, I'm sorry. You didn't earn your point now, but now you've got an opportunity to finish this with me. And then you and I are going to figure out a way to go back to the room. So whoever that, whoever that next level would be, whether it's the behavior specialist, whether it's the, EBD teacher, whether it's a dean of students, whether it's a dean of discipline, whoever that category falls into, that's where that that kid goes, and that's where the rubber meets the road. Um, you know, and Josh and I'll, I'll have teachers challenge me, and they'll just say, "Well, we've had kids who just wait us out," and then so the answer to that is, then you wait them out. <laughs> I had when we when we first did this, Josh. When we first did this, I'll kid you not, the kids 
name is actually Johnny. And all my all my all my all my Jefferson Elementary friends who listen to this, they'll they'll know who Johnny is. And uh, Johnny came into the room, and uh, it was a simple math morning worksheet, and he wouldn't do it. Josh just wouldn't do it. So I said, "All right, mm-hmm. let's let's sit here." So about every five minutes, I said, "You ready to get started?" Nope. You ready to get started? Nope. Ready to get started? Nope. So I, I waited about twenty minutes, and I said, "This is this is easy because I know I've seen you do this problems, and you and I have worked through this before." It was a kid that I knew, and so mm-hmm. and so he just says, "I'm not doing it." So I said, "Okay." So I got on the phone. I called Johnny's mom, and I said. Hey, Johnny's mom. Uh, Johnny's sitting here. He's refusing to do this worksheet. It's part of his IEP goal. You and I discussed it at the last IEP meeting. I know he can do this because he did it with me before. Is that okay if I hold him until he does it? Oh, I can? Oh, great. Thank you. Can I hold him during lunch and just I'll, I'll pick up his lunch and he can eat his lunch here with me if he still hasn't done it by then? Oh, yep, yep. And can I keep him in during recess too? Yes, I can. Oh, great. I'll do that. Hey, by the way, Johnny's favorite uh, class, Art and Fayette, are his specials today. Can I hold him during that time too in case if he's still going to not do this? I can. Thank you so much, Mrs. Johnny's mom. And I, I hang up the phone, and he, he was a kid who was just going to test it, Josh. He sat there. He sat, I had I'd never seen. He's probably the most stubborn kid I ever I ever saw ever ever been in with ever ever had the pleasure of working with and he waited me out all six hours waited me out till the bus came and i mean i made it as boring as i possibly could i gave him nothing except the worksheet and so then the next day josh the next day paraprofessional brings him down they'd already worked through the bip all through four things and they look he looks at me and he and, and he sits down and i do the same thing i ask him i, I go we go about 15 minutes and i go to grab the phone josh and he goes he goes mr modest are you gonna call my mom again and i said yep and he goes fine i'll do the effing sheet and he said the word <laughs> it took him, josh it took him it took him three minutes boom 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 looked at me and said are you effing happy and I said, Johnny, I am so happy. Thank you for doing yeah. this. Why did he waste all yesterday, man? And then, and then, mm-hmm. like in that moment, it was just like you're able to have those real conversations with kids, dude. I am here to help you. I am not here exactly. to make your life worse. I'm here to I'm here to educate you to the best of my ability. If that means you got to sit here to know that what I'm putting in front of you is important and that I'm willing to wait forever, then that's the way you're going to learn, but it's so much harder to learn that way. And like in that brought up, I mean, every kid has that cracking point, right? And that was Johnny's cracking mm-hmm. point with me. I mean, he, he cracked and he let everything out. And I got to, I got to, I knew more about Johnny in the next 10 minutes of our conversation than I had known the last two years. And it was, it's, it's just, it allow when you have those conversations, when you set yourself up, when you set your programming to be successful and everybody's on the same page, holy smokes, the things that you can do with these kids are just, are amazing. And Josh, you, you know, the kids that you've worked with when, when they have that aha moment, when they have that, that Oprah wow thing go on, man. Mm-hmm. Nothing, there's, there's nothing like you can have that maybe once every two years with a kid. And that's the thing that keeps you teaching. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, th- so. I, that's, that's me being long winded there. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's all good. I, you, you dropped uh, a lot of uh, value and golden nuggets. Um, I mean, you know, there, there's, there's a lot. And I, I think, I think, uh, you know, if behavior programs and, and I've, I've worked with several different behavior programs and, uh, you know, yours is actually some of the ones that actually uh, make sense. I mean, uh, some of these behavior programs that I've been involved with, you know, you, you get trained through the different regions um, within the state De- depends on wherever you're at within the state of Texas. And, and sometimes it's like, you know, the, the very first thing they want is some kind of daily behavior report card and teachers get frustrated with it because I mean, it, there's no buy-in on that. And, and it, it's just, it, I, I think where you're coming from with the, um, the meetings and, and, and trying to um, getting 
uh, all all people on board is even the kid getting the the student to 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 be involved in their goal and then um, you know the teacher involvement. I mean, I, I think that is crucial. It's uh, when when those things do not happen, um, that's when teachers start getting frustrated with the program. Uh, you know, even even with people who are running the program, I see uh, where there's um, what ends up typically happen is there's a lot of blame of that teacher not doing the correct job or their job, and there's no justification for that job. And in the end, they start, um, you know, some of the top people start, you know, dwindling away from these behavior programs because I, I think it's, you know, administration doesn't really know what those programs are about and how they operate. And teachers don't understand how those programs operate. But I think um, I think what's missing with these programs is uh, some of the crucial pieces that you just delivered with uh, the buy in and, and the, the weekly meetings. Um, and and so that all people are on the same page. And I think that is um, definitely, definitely a key piece to, to having a, a, a successful behavior program run, run well on a campus. And then, and then, so then like, like, so then what happens too is like, so you go through this whole school year, you work with this kid, you build his strategies, you, you find every possible thing out there under the sun that, that, that will teach them whatever strategies or, or, or modifications, accommodations to be successful. And eventually it, the goal is for these kids to graduate out of the expectations program. My goal mm-hmm. is for every kid to be done in a year. So what we, so what, what we do then is at the, at the third trimester, basically, basically with 12 to 10 weeks left of school, we say, okay, we do, we do a hard re-eval of where the kid is at. So we do this third, this thing called the third trimester review, and it's the end of the book. And basically it says, how, how dependent is Johnny on the expectations system? Is he dependent? Is he not, is he not dependent? Cause if he's not dependent on this, we need to start, we need to start toning things back. Uh, so what happens is, is then we start, we start saying, okay, after you, you've gone through months of this now, you know what to do. You, you know what your expectations are. You know how to be successful. I don't think you really need this. Do you think you need this? Mm-hmm. And kids are going to be honest. No, I really don't yeah. need it, but I like hanging out with Brent after uh, 15 minutes at the end of the day. Well, you know what? Maybe we don't have to take Brent away from you. You know what? Exactly. You, we could maybe just look at the regular teacher at the end of the day and say, is this a good day? And if it's a good day, you get to go with Brent the last 15 minutes, right? So mm-hmm. so what we do then is we slowly start to, to take it back, and eventually those kids get um, those kids get get removed from the system because they don't need to be on it now some of our students with autism uh this becomes their bed bread and butter <laughs> because mm-hmm. our, uh-huh. our students with autism they thrive on that type of structure so we just slowly start to meld time periods together make it longer that they have to do stuff but it kind of sticks with those kids with autism for a little bit and we we it takes a little bit longer to get them off of the program than it would say just a regular old ebd kid um Mm -hmm. but but josh this is what this is what kills me is every year i've run this program i've had two to three kids no longer qualify for ebd services wow i mean and that's that's what we're that's what we're doing right that's the whole yeah. point of why we're being teachers is I, I'm a special ed teacher because t- trust me, we all know this in special ed. The behavior kids aren't stopping. They're not, they're not stopping coming. But if I can mm-hmm. get two off of my kid, if I can get two kids to the point where they no longer qualify under the state of, of wherever Texas and state of Minnesota, if they no longer qualify for services because of the person, the little awesome, amazing individual that they've become because they made the choices <laughs> And they created this. They helped themselves through the strategies that were given them, and they can now follow a program. Holy smokes! I mean, it's just—it's exactly. just that's where that's where the payoff comes. Like when you we, like when you can tell an administrator, "Hey, we're going to have twenty of our our toughest kids in this program, and two of them by the end of the year aren't even going to qualify for SPED anymore." What admin ain't going to go for that? 
Exactly. I could, I could get, I could get like, what, what sucks is it can become a numbers thing. It can become, it can become, Hey, you know, what are, what is, what is the, what does the racial data say? What does the economic status data say? You're telling me I can get these kids who are in this quote unquote, you know, quota or, or whatever label system you want to put them. I can move them out of special ed or I can move them out of the behavior disorder category. Let's do that. And so that's exactly. And so that's, that's where, that's where the success of this thing comes. And the more schools that buy in 100% to it, the more successful they're going to, they're going to be at. But it, like you said, Josh, it, it, it depends on the school. It depends on, it depends on the person. And there are times, Josh, where the mental health of a student, it, this system isn't going to be able to do it. What I, I should have started this whole conversation with is the system is really meant for kids who are needing more than just social skills two times a week three times a week but it's not for the kids who are probably spending like half days at inpatient care like those kids who are who uh, this is for those kids who who are struggling but can still they can still kind of understand that when i do this this is what happens for some of our kids struggling with mental health who just they're in a spot where they they really don't they can't because of the trauma or the situations they've been through. So there are times where we have to move kids off the system and just say, bud, right now you're, you're needing a whole lot more time with our school counselor than you're going to need with expectations right now. We, we need to get some of that stuff straight. So my, th- I don't want people coming off as my program is that golden bullet. That's just going to get everything. Cause it's, it's not that, Yeah. but, but it, what it does is it can, it can give your special ed team structure within your building. It can give them a scope and sequence of saying, this is how we are going to systematically address the behaviors with our kids. And then here's how we're going to support the hell out of them. Here's how we're going, yeah. here's how we're going to try to make their days the most successful days that we can as a staff. And when you got, when you got that machine running, man, there's, there's not a lot that you can't do with that staff. I mean, like, it's so funny. The, 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 when we, we started having, when you start having these weekly meetings with paraprofessionals, holy smokes, like the, the conversations in that even happen outside of it, like our pairs would literally, like sometimes it was bring the kids out to the bus and then go to your car. <laughs> well, our pairs yeah. start bringing kids out to the bus and then coming right back into the special education teacher's room and talking about that kid's day, making sure this, mm-hmm. this, or this happens tomorrow. And, and, and when teams start working like that, man, only, only great things happen for kids. So exactly, exactly. And and you did make a good point, uh, about, uh, some of the severe mental health, um, problems. And, uh, what I can say to that is, um, your program, um, whoever adopts this program within their school system, this is a good program for you to say that, you know, you, you have, have, established a behavior program you're going above and beyond from what your school district or your school is working with and if you know programs um, that are designed like your program that is designed for um, behavior intervention if it's not working um, it's time to go to the next step and and we we have those uh, same things that happen um, with our school districts as well you know we try to provide everything as, as much as we can. But, you know, when you have a student that is constantly maybe being removed out of the classroom or has, I mean, severe mental health problems, you know, the thing with it is it's time for, for the schools to start looking at what the next step is. Is this some kind of um, residential treatment facility? Because at the end of the day, uh, that student, like you said, is going to need way more intervention than what the the school district is going to provide. I mean, now you're talking about, um, you know, medication intervention. You're talking about, you know, getting around uh, doctors, uh, psychiatrists, and and that goes above what a a school system can provide at that moment. So um, I I know talking to a a lot of uh, listeners out there, um, you know, they struggle with not even having a, a, program within their school and um they're just like looking for some kind of um you know behavior tools behavior intervention some some kind of uh program that that works well in their school and uh i definitely i i I could definitely see where uh the way the the way you explained how your program 
um, operates on a school system. I mean, like I said, I've been involved in three different ones. And uh, I, I'm like, if I would have known about your program uh, maybe two, three years ago, I would have been like, look, this is the best that I've heard heard about. So, uh, you know, Dan, to, to in in the in the show, um, can you tell um, people where they can? Is is this something that's only offered in your state, or is this something that um, you know at least they can get maybe some consulting or or something like that? If, if uh, schools out there are interested. Absolutely. Absolutely. So the biggest thing you can do um, is go to, go to my Instagram, Dan modest. It's D A N M A D E S looks like maids, Dan modest, D A N M A D E S. And it's, uh, it's got that underscore and it's called the expectations project. So if you go on Instagram, you'll see stuff there. You'll, you'll get a, there right in my bio. There's a link to my, my website awallstrategies.com that's a-w-o-l strategies.com awallstrategies.com you can put it into google and it will take you straight there um right it, it, the there's a tab for the expectations behavior management system Ch- check on that you'll be able to it'll send you a link to where my book is um my book is is not done by any major publisher don't go on amazon because amazon only has uh, the the first edition the second edition is so much prettier and you're gonna want that but you can only get it through um going through for, through uh my my the, the new book publisher that i use which was on the book baby website um so that's okay. that's where you'd want to go and again just DM me on, on, on Instagram. I will respond as fast as I can. Um, my email address, that's all on, that's all on the website as well. You can just, you can, there's multiple places down. This is contact us, just contact on there. It literally comes to me. I'm the only person doing this. It's not going to be some random representative or something. It's just Dan doing this uh, right now. Um, so you're, you're going to get in contact with me. And honestly, I, I'm willing to have a phone conversation. I'm willing to Skype. I'm willing to do FaceTime. I'm, I'm willing to do whatever it takes to, to help you, to help your school put expectations um, into their, into, into, into your school district. Um, I do, we do consulting through uh, my, my, the Twin Cities education consultants. Uh, that's where we would end up doing all, all, all that, all that, you know, whatever the, the the nuts and bolts of stuff of me getting to your school and that stuff we we would go through my my consultant the consulting firm that i work for um but yeah i can be available anywhere wherever um and and just reach out and i'll, I'll get back to you as quick as i can all right well um i can definitely just from this uh interview um for all the listeners out there definitely if you are looking for a behavior program check out Dan um, because I, I can tell you from just listening to it, it, it sounds like it's a pretty amazing program. And um, those are some of the pieces that have been the weakest in some of the behavior programs I've seen and uh, collaboration is key. So uh, Dan, that being said, I thank you very much for coming on today. And uh, you know, one thing with it is we will continue to stay in touch um, there might be some other topics um, that we can talk about and uh, go from there. All right. Sounds good. All right. You have a good night. Yep, you too. Bye. If you know someone who needs to hear this, share it with them, send them a text message, a DM, an email, put it on all your social media platforms and tag me at Hardcore Behaviors. Also, keep the five-star reviews coming over on iTunes. It helps teachers find the show so they get an opportunity to make the decision to grow as well.